Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Is it Stanley Cup or bust for Dubis and Shanahan? How important is the bottom of the lineup for the Blue Jays' success? How big of an impact has Richie Larea made on TFC since his return? Why do people hate great athletes? Which quarterback will miss their favorite target the most, Brady, Mahomes, or Rodgers? Sports fans spend too much time in the past, and we're going to review Malice in the Palace. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll get all of that here on Ray Sports Rant for the Dean Blundell Network and DeanBlundell.com. You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Fortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want Deshaun anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. And we are back. My name is Ray Rowden. and welcome to Ray Sports Rant. Ray Sports Rant is a part of the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to episode 12 of the podcast. And uh, we've got a whole whack of stuff that we want to talk about today. And when I say we, I mean me. And uh, it's been a pretty good day. Lots, lots to talk about today. On a day that... There wasn't a whole ton of news outside of the NFL cuts, which I'm not even going to address tonight. Uh, a bunch of subjects kind of came across my plate during some discussions. Uh, but I want to remind you all right now, if you are a, a viewer of this podcast or a listener of this podcast and you have a subject or a question that you want me to answer and make a subject as a part of the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Send me the question there or send me an email at Ray at DPNSports.com. I'll be more than happy to uh, answer the question there. Thanks to everybody who's listening, wherever you're listening, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castro, Google Podcasts, whether you're listening to this on the Dean Blundell Network, whether you're listening to this on RayRoute.com. I appreciate where everybody is listening. And uh, listen, we're about, what, two minutes into the show. We haven't talked about anything with some substance. Let's get into it right now. I want to talk about sports fans spending way too much time in the past. And here's how it goes. I put out a piece on DeanBlundell.com yesterday. I think I also addressed it in the podcast last night, episode 11, available for download. Uh, but I put it, I did the uh, piece yesterday and I was talking about the Toronto Blue Jays. And basically I was like, Hey, what's the greatest Toronto Blue Jays moment of all time? And then I went on to tell this really like this Roy Halladay story that meant a lot to me, but basically said it's subjective and everybody can listen to it. Well, Dean posts it today up on Twitter and it causes a, a chain reaction of, of what I'm going to call boomers for the fun of it, uh, talking to me about Joe Carter's home run from 1993. And I made a point and said that there are 30-year-old adults right now who weren't born when Joe Carter hit the home run. So that moment may mean nothing to them and mean more. And, you know, something like the Jose Batista bat flip moment may mean more to them. Uh, and, I mean, I could really dig in and say there was no camera shaking during the World Series. There was camera shaking. But, you know, different time, different place. We all know the 
the atmosphere in the 90s was very businesslike at, at then Skydome, now Rogers Center. But I think that greatest moments, and I saw that too, and I saw that as a part of a tweet, was was really the the epitome of what I'm getting at now. You know, I always talk about the Summit Series. The Summit Series means nothing to me. Paul Henderson's goal gives me no emotion whatsoever. Uh, I don't remember the Soviet Union being in power. I may have been alive when they still were at some point. Uh, I can't remember, you know, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a sports guy. I'm not good at history. So it means nothing. My dad always talks about Gretzky and Lemieux. It means nothing to me. It was like, that was 1987. I was one years old. My greatest Team Canada moment, Sidney Crosby, 2010, the golden goal against the U.S., that's my hockey moment. So yeah, I mean, people can't be upset because, I don't know, their favorite moment is not somebody else's favorite moment. Like, relax. Okay? Because we get hung up on things that we've seen and not taking into consideration that there's people out there that didn't experience the moment that, or the, the moment that you love the most that didn't experience it the same way you did. And if we're basing success and basing the best moments on championships, then no Leaf fan can talk about anything except the goal that happened from 1967 and before. Again, the Joe Carter home run means a lot to you because you witnessed it. Dean talked about, you know, Dean sent out a tweet responding to me. He said, I was 19. I was drunk. It was phenomenal. I was like, dude, I was eight years old and in bed. So it means nothing to me. And it's all subjective. That's all it is. That's all I'm saying. We spend way too much time in the past. So I had the chance to watch Malice at the Palace on Netflix today. Uh, and I actually thought it was a really well done documentary. I enjoyed it. You know, it was a good hour and seven minutes. I really got into these stories. Cause I just watched the Monte Teo story. I think it's called untold is the untold series. Uh, and it was a two part series on the Monte Teo situation from back in the, or a story from back in the day. Uh, so I watched Malice at the Palace today, uh, a, a sports moment. I remember clearly and I, you know, it's funny because I, I thought really like three or four takeaways from this, like number one, poor Reggie Miller, probably one of the greatest players to never win a championship in the NBA. And they tried to put a team around him that was good enough to win a championship. And they probably could have won it that year. And the whole incident at the palace, you know, kind of derailed it. So I feel, feel really bad. And, and I, I wish there was a way we could like sign Reggie Miller to a championship team, like a day before the finals, just so he could win the finals and get his, you know, get his ring and all that kind of fun stuff. But that was my first day. That was my first day. Away. My second takeaway was, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know the name, Charlie, uh, Haddad. If you don't know, that's the guy that Ron Artest absolutely f- clocked on the floor and knocked him out. And then. Uh, Steven Jackson came in and just gave him a shot too, and, and just missed what probably would have taken his head off. So I was watching, uh, his reaction to it and I was a little bit floored to be honest with you, because first of all, he called Steven Jackson a bitch and listen, I'm a, I'm a Husky guy myself, a dad. So I'm just going to say to you that Steven Jackson would have ragdolled you all around the stadium. So let's not pretend like you had a chance to win the fight. Uh, but anyway, so like he, he, so he got arrested for being on the floor. They he came at Kevin Durant with his fist closed. The DA determined that, or not Kevin Durant, sorry, Ron Artest with close. And the, the DA determined that Ron Artest was just, all he was doing was defending himself. So this guy gets charged and he's on the screen. He's like, I mean, they messed up. I was a loyal fan. 
just because you're a loyal fan doesn't give you the right to get on the floor and start fighting with the opposing team. So that was my that was one of my takeaways. Number of takeaways, I feel so bad for Jermaine O'Neal. A guy who played hard, wanted to win. Uh, clearly him and, and Artest couldn't get it together. Another guy who had to watch Ron Artest win a championship. I think it was Meta, Meta World Peace at the time, but had to watch him win a championship with the LA Lakers. You know, Steven won one. Uh, Jackson won one, I think, with the Spurs. And he's a guy who, you know, drafted out of high school, couldn't find a starting role with the Blazers, got traded to Indiana, and it was sort of him and, and Miller. And it, it became O'Neal's team, even with Reggie Miller there. And I feel bad for him in the whole mix. And all he was doing was kind of defending his friends. And then my other takeaway was the NBA, right? Blaming the players for what I believe is a fan-initiated situation. I think the DA said it. Whoever threw that beer is what sparked the whole riot. And there's a part in there when this cop is ready to mace Reggie Miller because Reggie Miller had a broken hand at the time. He was in a suit and he didn't know who Reggie Miller was. How do you not? People who don't watch basketball know who Reggie Miller is. I mean, he's been on enough sports highlight shows that you have to know who the fuck Reggie Miller is. Who were... Anyways, I was just, I was, I was flabbergasted by it. Anyways, uh, I thought it was really good. I suggest you check it out. It's on Netflix. It's untold mouse at the palace. I enjoyed the crap out of it. Uh, I hope you guys will enjoy it too, but that's sort of my review and my takeaways from it. Don't look now, but Austin Matthews has two years remaining on his contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And without a doubt, he will become the highest player in the NHL when he signs a new deal. Um, so it feels like it's championship or bust for Kyle Dubas and Brandon Shanahan. So is it? So let me start by saying this. I, I know that Toronto Maple Leafs fans cannot stomach another season with a first round knockout. I know they can't. I also want to make it clear that I'm not a Maple Leafs fan. I'm not even a, really a fan of the sport of hockey. And even I, in my limited knowledge of the ice game, understand that the Leafs have a roster that should be good enough to be considered Stanley Cup favorites. And I think according to an article I read today, they are considered Stanley Cup favorites. And I think that at some point, MLSC needs to look at Dubas and look at Shanahan and realize they're not putting the right nucleus together. Because you're right, you got Mitch Marner. You got John Tavares. You got Matt Austin Matthews. <laughs> Look at the brains there. My hockey friends are, are really impressed with my, my speech right now. But when you assemble a team like you did when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, you have to win. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't just think that, they're, that Dubas and Shanahan are on a hot seat. I believe that that seat is on fire. And I read somewhere today that, you know, if they get to the second round of the playoffs, it'll probably be enough to save their job for another year. But with the investment that MLSE has made into the Toronto Maple Leafs, when you have who's argu one of arguably the best player in the world, or at least one of them, he was the MVP, right? This year, the Hart Trophy winner of, of the NHL in Austin Matthews. When you're wasting that kind of talent and that kind of opportunity, I think that they have to be on the hot seat. They have to be in a position where, hey, guys, if we don't get there this year, you're out. If I was MLSE, and this is just my opinion, but if I was MLSE, it would be get to the Stanley Cup Finals. You don't have to win it, but you got to get to the Stanley Cup Finals or out. I think every Canadian team 
since 67 has gone to the finals, won the cup a few times, except for the Leafs. Since 1993, when the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup, that was the last Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup. Every Canadian team has gone to the finals, except for the Leafs. Montreal's gone once since 93. Of course, their last one's win at 93. I think Vancouver's went twice. I know that Calgary went there. Ottawa got there. Edmonton, none of them won it, but they all got there. Leaf fans are just like gluttons for punishment too. But they're, they're loyal. To keep supporting a team that disappoints you as much as the Toronto Maple Leafs do, I mean, good on you. Like if there's any fan base in the world, and I'm not a Leaf fan, I actually enjoy the misery of Leaf fans. I enjoy when the Leafs get knocked out of the playoffs just so I can watch Toronto flip on its head that their precious Maple Leafs didn't make the playoffs. But if there was a fan base that deserved it more, it, it has to be Toronto. So yeah, I think it's at least Stanley Cup Finals or bust this year for Dubas and Shannon. It has to be. With my little knowledge, I know it has to be. The Toronto Blue Jays scored a huge extra inning win over the Chicago Cubs on Monday night, and Danny Jansen was the hero of the game. How important is it that the bottom of the lineup come through for the Blue Jays' success? I think that it's absolutely vital that that bottom of the lineup, 7, 8, 9, become some of the best hitters for the Toronto Blue Jays for a multitude of reasons. Now, I still don't believe that the Blue Jays are a World Series team, so don't get me wrong. However, teams that are World Series contenders get the contributions from the bottom of the lineup, sort of get those guys who overachieve in the playoffs. You can't win with the top of your roster alone. One through nine has to be effective. We've seen that in the past with Blue Jays success, going back to 2015 and 2016. They got guys like Ryan Goins, Gones was was getting on base. So I think it's crucial that guys like Danny Jensen are having these big games. I just talked about a little while ago, about not a little while, for like the last two weeks, about how important George Springer is to this team. And of course he is. And if the Blue Jays are going to be successful, George Springer has to be successful in the playoffs. But the bottom of the lineup needs to come through, right? Because what are World Series champions? Great pitching and guys overachieving. That's what happens. That's what wins championships. And I think that... For a lot of this year, the Blue Jays' bottom of the lineup has been okay, but not coming through like they need to. The Jays leave way too many guys on base. Way too many. And it's not even the big boys that are getting on base either all the time. Like, the whole lineup needs to play better, but the Blue Jays leave so many guys on base. When they get into the playoffs, they need guys, when they step up to the plate, that you have confidence that they're going to get a hit. You have confidence that they're going to score a run. I know that Blue Jay fans want to blame pitching for everything, but it's not all pitching. The Blue Jays' bats have been asleep, and that's a problem. So for a guy like Jansen, I think, who scored, what, four of the Blue Jays' five runs on Monday? For him to be able to step up and be the hero of the game, that's the type of performance that the Toronto Blue Jays need if they're going to find playoff success and if we can start really having a real conversation about World Series appearances. Richie Larea has only been dribbled past once in five games since returning to Toronto FC. He's completed 100% of his dribbles, eight for eight. He also has three assists, one penalty one, 21 fouls one, 38 ground duels one, and 91% pass accuracy. Great performance by the right back. How big of an impact has Richie Larea made on TFC since his return? Listen, 
I think that his return has been almost just as important. No, probably no, equally important as Ferdinand, uh, Ferdinand, uh, is Insignia and Bernadetsky, Federico Bernadetsky and Lorenzo Insignia. <laughs> I always script those names, but no, I think it's been just as important. Uh, he set up what three Azorio goes. I think all three of his assists come from to Azorio, Canada to Canada. But he's sort of been a stabilizer in the back four. He helps with possession. Again, 91% uh, passing accuracy is huge on a team that likes to play possession, that likes to control the tempo of the game. There is a noticeable difference with those three guys on the pitch. Now, everybody wants to give all the credit to the Italians, and I get it. Insignia and Bernadeschi have been amazing. They were uh, the MLS uh, all-team this week. They deserved it. They should be on the all-starting eleven. Uh, one of them probably could win player of the year. Maybe they came in too late. I don't know, but they're deserving of everything they've got. The goal that Bernadeschi scored on Saturday against Charlotte was phenomenal. And I'm hoping to see a repeat of that against LA on Wednesday. But when we're talking about playoff hopes, when we're talking about stabilizing on defense, when we're talking about being able to pull, play the ball from the back and get around the, the offensive players putting pressure on you. When we're talking about the pass accuracy, when we're talking about moving the ball forward, Richie Larea has been a phenomenal piece for TFC. I'm a little nervous that perhaps, you know, a, a UEFA team looks at him and maybe wants to lure him away from the MLS again because I think that Larea playing for Toronto FC next season along with the two Italians, uh, with Michael Bradley still there, with Azorio, if they can maybe stir up the goaltending spot because I really just don't trust Bono there. I mean, this TFC team, we're, we're probably going to be talking, what is it, supporter shield to you know winning the league and, and talking about MLS Cup uh, favorites. I know that this year, because of the position that they got put in, playoffs are still sort of improbable. They got to win out and some things got to happen on top. But Richie Larea has been huge. You, you can't discount how good he's been and what he's done for this Toronto FC team since his return. Tom Brady, LeBron James, Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter, they're always under constant scrutiny. People like to say things like they're overrated. Brady's a system quarterback. Why do people hate great athletes? And that's a that's a very interesting question. And it's, it's not one that's easy to answer. Because I think, well, I think the easy answer is to say, I think people don't like athletes because they're jealous, right? They're not your quarterback, right? I'm sure that Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans had nothing nice to say about Tom Brady until he became the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. Then they suddenly discover that he was the GOAT. I understand hating a guy. Like I hated Peyton Manning as a player when I was a Patriots fan. I am a Patriots fan, but when he played for the Colts back in the day, Brady versus Manning, I mean, th those games, a regular season game, the New England Patriots versus the Indianapolis Colts, there was a buzz around those games. And I hated Peyton Manning. But I respected him. I thought he was one of the best in the NFL. I didn't turn around and say, oh, he's overrated, he's this, he's that. I mean, I would make little snide comments about his playoff record, but that was just to, to tick off and piss off Colts fans. But I had a very healthy respect for him. I don't understand why sports fans feel the need to tear down athletes. They tear down LeBron James all the time. LeBron James is the top three player in the NBA ever. Maybe number two. 
I got a hard time putting him ahead of Michael Jordan just because of everything Michael Jordan accomplished. You know, my buddy Mario would tell me that don't focus on accomplishments, though. Accomplishments don't mean you're the best. So I don't know what it is. Is it modern day social media? Is it jealousy mixed with social media? Is it that everybody on the planet wants to have a voice? I mean, the fact that I have a podcast is kind of, it's kind of equal to that, right? Why do I deserve a podcast? Why do I deserve to be a part of the Blundell network? Why do I deserve to be amplified in the way I am? Because I don't know. Because I'm an entitled sports fan who wants everybody to hear their opinion. That's why I live on Twitter. Um, I've recently discovered how much I enjoy Reddit, which is scary because I don't know how I'm going to get any work done between my tweeting and then my Reddit reading. I mean, I've always known what Reddit is, but I'm, I'm discovering how much I enjoy it. I, I need to make that clear. I'm not a boomer or anything like that. Let me know, though. Tweet at me, at dpn underscore Ray. Why? Do people hate great athletes? Tom Brady lost Gronk. Patrick Mahomes lost Tyree Kill. And Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams. Which quarterback will miss their favorite targets the most? So this one seems like, oh, is it going to be complicated? Tom Brady, I'm taking him right out of the mix. Yes, he loves throwing the football to Rob Gronkowski. But come on. Still got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller. Now he's got Julio Jones. I think Tom Brady will be just fine finding a target on the field. I know he loves his tight ends, but he'll be okay. So I'm I'm not going to sit here and say Tom Brady. The reason I included Tom Brady in this is because it's a question. This came from a tweet I saw today. I can't remember from where, and Tom Brady was a part of it. So this comes down to Tyree Kill or Aaron Rodgers. Tyree Kill still has Travis Kelsey. Tyree Kill now has uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Aaron Rodgers has what, Lazar? I think Aaron Rodgers is the one who's going to be impacted the most. I heard Stephen A. Smith talking about this last week, and he basically said, like, Aaron Rodgers is going to be throwing the football the same, but he's not going to have the same dogs to catch the ball. And and Devontae Adams changes things too, right? He, He brings on double coverage. He opens up other receivers. I don't think that Green Bay understands how hard this is going to impact them this season. Now, I know that Aaron Rodgers has had success without Devontae Adams. He won a Super Bowl without Devontae Adams. But that was a long time ago. That was in 2010. It's 2022 now. So I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. We've already heard Aaron Rodgers complaining about his wide receivers, which, you know, dude, it's kind of your fault too because Adam said one of the things about his contract was whether or not you were committed to the Packers. So... I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers, but Tyreek Hill still has weapons. Tom Brady still has a shit ton of weapons without Gronkowski. Aaron Rodgers is hardly anything. And I'm not taking a shot at Lazar. I mean, he's a, he's a professional football player. He's no scrub, but he's not Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers does not have a bona fide star receiver on his team. I look at the New England Patriots. Mac Jones has more talent around him between Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and Nelson Aguilar than Aaron Rodgers has in Green Bay. Now, there may be people out there that want to say, oh, it's Brady, oh, it's Mahomes, you know, it's not. It's Aaron Rodgers without a shadow of a doubt. And Aaron Rodgers likes to say that he is the GOAT. 
No, he doesn't. His fans do. Rodgers looks say that Brady's the GOAT. If Rodgers is the GOAT, he'll be able, be able to overcome this. I don't want to see Green Bay Packer fans and Aaron Rodgers fans complaining that he didn't have Devontae Adams, he didn't have anybody, and blame the organization. Tom Brady has elevated wide receivers throughout his entire career. We're going to see this year if Patrick Mahomes can do the same without Tyree Kill. Aaron Rodgers better get it done. But yeah, no, he took the biggest hit. And that, all you cool cats and kittens, is all she wrote for Ray's Sports Rant, episode 12, August of 30, 2022. I know we're not supposed to timestamp things, but I, my stuff is topical. Are you really going to come back and listen to episode 12 in January? I hope you do. You should. Especially my whole Maple Leafs take. Maybe they'll, be, maybe they'll be competing for the cup or they'll look like they could compete for the cup. Who knows? Uh, don't forget, Ray's Sports Rant is a part of the Dean Blundell Network over at DeanBlundell.com. Download the Ray's Sports Rant podcast daily and stay up to date with everything going on in the world of sports. Listen, every news outlet on the planet covers the important stories, but what sports stories have fans talking? Ray's Sports Rant is about not about the headlines, it's about the fans. I don't pretend to be some Main Street reporter. I'm just a sports fan giving my opinion. I cover the NFL, NBA, MLB, MLS, NHL, Bayern Munich, and of course all of Toronto sports, Blue Jays, TFC, Maple Leafs, and the Raptors. Uh, check out rayroute.com, check out deanblundell.com, give me a follow on Twitter at dpn underscore ray, and with that being said, hit my music. You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Fortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and you know, say, so, well, you know, we don't want this Sean anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.